Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my good friend and co-host, Ethan Carter. Welcome aboard. Hey, Vincent. What's up, man? It's Monday night. It is Monday night. Two weeks in a row. We're back at it. And it's a big one. It's a big one today. It's episode 30. Oh, it is. That's right. 30. We've made it 30 episodes. That means we're going to make it forever. (laughs) I I think that... I think the, I mean, the actual number is 20, but yeah. we passed 20 so long ago that it just is like, oh, I just don't even remember what it was like to do episode 20. In fact, let's see. What was episode 20? Let me look at my dashboard. That's crazy to think because, and, and I was 11 when I came. You were 11. Yeah. Oh, That's it's nuts. funny. Episode 20 was the episode right after Jason was on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because wow. I remember talking about it right after that, yeah. Oh, my God. St- I still talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been very, I've been very, um very involved in the world of jason stapleton lately and it's been kind of cool like um do i did his show he did our show and then i've been in his i was i'm one of the beta testers in his nine figure network oh you are awesome i am i am i was one of the first people in they were like when i when i joined there were three other people in there two of them actually there were five other people it was jason amy matt me and like one or two other people and that was it so it was like i am like if there was a user count, I'm like number six. It's <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty great. Like it's it's funny, you get into a group of like minded people, like it's a bunch of entrepreneurs and business owners and people discussing, you know, their business and opportunities to grow their business and their brand and I, I always feel like that's the area that makers just don't do. Yeah, like it yeah. just if it happens organically, it happens, but if it doesn't, it doesn't. And it's like that's fine. I'm not going to take it away from you. If that's what you want to do, you know, do it your mm-hmm. way. But I feel like there's just so much that if we just put our minds to it, we could be so much better. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone in this space it has so much talent that, and, mm-hmm. and we, most of us are pretty across the board with everything, right? They're, like, it's not like we're just good at making, we're good at promoting and stuff like that, but not, but we, we don't think about it enough. And myself included in terms mm-hmm. of marketing ourselves. And, and that's something I'm, I, if, if I was one to make resolutions, that would be a resolution for 2020. So. Oh, totally. I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you a perfect example. And I'm going to talk a little bit while I'm clicking, trying to find who suggested it to me. <laughs> um, but I was so in this network that, um, that I'm in here, um, I got a suggestion and it was like, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't think of that. So one of the things that I've been talking about in that network is that I've just kind of lost my spark a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's been very, it's been really hard. Not going to lie to you. It's been um, incredibly difficult for me the last couple of weeks where I just feel like I, like I can't do anything. Yeah. And it's, it's the worst feeling in the world. It's, it's, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's depression. I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is. I can't quite put my finger on it. It's one of um, them, yeah. I, I have no passion to do anything. Um, I'm just tired. And I know that it's, you know, I had a, it's going to sound stupid, but I had a really bad cold yeah. well, for no, about a month. Yeah, and I mean, it just took everything out of me. Right. And like the last couple of weekends are the first weekends where I just didn't feel miserable. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I was talking well, about the... The business angle. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say. I mean, I think I talked about it a little bit last time. I, I and not, maybe not to that degree, but I felt the same way at the end of the holidays. And I told you, I, I was in like a funk the last yeah. two days before I went back to work, or the last two days of the year, and I was just in a funk. And and the same thing. I was like, I've got all this time to make, and I and I just didn't have the drive. I mean, I still did, but it wasn't. I wasn't mm-hmm. having fun at it. Yeah. So yeah, I I actually happens. it's really funny. I restrung a bracelet for my friend's aunt. 
And even that was like a chore. It was like, right. I love doing this. Why is this not yeah. like landing for me? Like, this is the stuff I enjoy doing. Right. And I'm struggling to do it. So what I, to get through it, what I've done to get through it is I've decided I'm going to just do something new. Mm-hmm. I am going to start restoring toy trucks. I love it. And I've just seen, I've been down this rabbit hole for a long time and I've never actually gotten around to doing it. Now I'm just like, okay, it's time. Let's do this. Let's make it happen. So I've gotten the supplies. I'm waiting for a couple more things from Amazon. And, you know, we're in the Northeast, so this weekend's going to just suck. (laughs) We are going to be in the house all weekend. So it's like, okay, if I'm going to be in the house all weekend, I'm going to have a really fun project to work on. So. Well, and then I don't how warm was it uh, where you guys were? It was like 70 oh degrees yesterday. Oh, God, dude. Was, I went out I went out to go grocery shopping, and I went out with my coat, and by the second oh, stop yeah. of grocery shopping, my coat was in the car. Oh, yeah. Like, no, I mean, no I, in hell. I, I put everything on, I mean, maybe we'll get to what we've been doing, but uh, I put everything, like, everything on that I had planned this weekend on hold because there's a couple things I wanted to do, and as you know, I have to use my table saw outside and stuff like that. I was like, I got to take this opportunity because I might not get a weekend for another two months, three months. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I went to um, I went to the Museum of the Moving Image. Oh, cool! And it was it was an absolutely transcendent experience. Like I got to see some stuff that, like they have a whole Jim Henson Museum. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Jim Henson exhibit. Yeah, and I got to see actual like not a mock up, not a reproduction. It was an actual Big Bird costume. That's insane. And that is how tall is it? How tall is? I'm telling you. So my house, we have eight foot ceilings, and it's probably like seven and a half feet tall. That's nuts. It's ridiculous. And they had the the harness that Carol Spinney wore in the costume. When you see, and this is, we can bring it right back to what we do. So much of what I saw there was mock-ups and like mm-hmm. production samples and stuff that they made that's just for the purposes of production. They had, um, one of the coolest things I saw there was they had from the production of the movie Silence of the Lambs. They I'm had the model. where this is going. <laughs> they had the model of the basement, of James Gum's basement. Oh my gosh, really? And it was made with like balsa sticks and like plywood and stuff but it was like it was the full model and on all the walls it was like what material the walls were going to be made out of and then on the floor there were little marks where the cameras were going to be set up so they knew where they were going to have to put cameras to make sure they got all the shots as they set up the basement i was like that's so cool oh my god it was just just so much amazing stuff i mean just there's there's something about prop prop building and like stage work and stuff like that so um, I don't know. I don't think I've talked about this before. So my grandparents, when when they were both retired, my my grandmother was an artist. Um, she taught taught art and stuff like that, um, painting and stuff like that. And my grandfather was kind of uh, was an engineer, but and built stuff. So he was a maker, let's say. And so they got involved in the community players, and so he built the sets, and she painted the sets, and oh, all wow. this kind of stuff. But it, but so I got exposed to it, and it's so cool seeing how you make something that, like a piece of plywood, look like something else, right? Mm-hmm. Like the between painting and the angles and all those things, you can make things look like the actual thing, but it's, I don't know, it's, it's very cool. It's uh, prop work, uh, prop building and stage building is very cool, I think. Always, always been one of my favorite things. That's why I yeah. like, like punished props and Odin makes and yeah, all that stuff. It's just, I love watching people make stuff. Yeah, totally. So, I, the, the idea that I got, I finally found the post while we were talking. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, um, it's from my friend Drew. And I didn't even think of this, right? He said, the other thing I've noticed is you're missing the opportunity to tell the story of each piece when you post it. Why did you choose that material? Why do those materials work together so well? What improvement will owning this give to the buyer? 
I've been known in the past to enjoy a cigar or two. Cigar catalogs tell the most amazing stories of each one and make each cigar sound like the greatest cigar ever. The stuff you make is beautiful. You have the chance to really focus on what makes each piece special and tell that story to customers. And I'm like, holy crap, how am I not doing this? No, that's, I mean, that's a really good point. I mean, and <laughs> you, I mean, you've seen my posts. I mean, I usually, I usually do a description. I usually talk a little bit and I'm always like, is this just obnoxious? Like, are people just, and probably 90% of the, probably more than that, probably 98% of the people that see my posts just scroll through it. But there are always those few people that like respond or get something out of it or ask a question from writing the description. So I believe in that completely. I think that's a really, really yeah. important thing. And it's very, it's not for, it's it's for a very select few, but it doesn't take long to write it, and it's it also explains your process or explains w- why you did what you did, and I think people that are invested in you as a maker want to hear that. So, yeah, I'm I'm yeah. I'm I'm like I'm like okay, yeah, that's you're right. That is yeah. something that I should be doing more of. Totally. That's a very good point. Thank you. And that's I am going to start doing more of that. So when I do post a, um, you know, particularly the bracelets, like why I think the stones work together, because that's where I do the most work these days. That's what people seem to want the most of. Uh, yeah, that's that was great advice, and that's something that you know, well, even you, even focusing on that can help you get out of the funk a little bit. Oh, totally. You know, well, and, and again, if we are we going to do uh, what we're working on? Yeah, I think we're kind of half doing it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, all right. So let me let me do that because I think it comes directly. It it ties into that directly. So um, so this weekend. So I've been well. I've been talking about reworking my shop, as you know, right? Mm-hmm. So I've got the wall control, and but I also need just more space. I need. A, I I really what I'm struggling with lately is you've seen my, I have a piece of granite that I punch all my leather right on, um, but it's a pain in the butt because I have to move it onto my workbench and then move it off my workbench to do something else and then move it back. You know, it, it's a pain. So I've had this idea of making a little cart kind of next to my workbench. I've got a little spot um, and giving it a permanent spot. So I did a story just talking about this and that's what I worked on this weekend was making a couple um, movable carts for my workshop to, as part of my, uh, you know, rework of my rework of my shop. Anyway, so I posted a story and I uh, was talking about moving the granite. And um, let me get make sure I get this right because I don't want to get the wrong handle. Give me one second. Sorry, should have been prepared. Um, so Dave of uh, Vaz Proto. So it's V O Z P R O T O. Um, great guy. Uh, he just sent me a message and he's like. Can I give you a tip? And I was like, absolutely. So this is maybe an hour after I posted the story. He said, you should make it so that the piece of granite is flush to the top of the cart so that you don't have to you don't have to move it and you can have a workstation. Brilliant. I mean, absolutely Such brilliant. A brilliantly simple idea. <laughs> simple. So simple. And it, it took and I told him this. I said, you took something that was a, a you know, a semi fix. It, it helped the situation to a much better fix. Obviously, I would rather have a whole <laughs> dedicated area, but. But the best part is, so I can take my cutting pad and just slide it over the granite, cut the leather, push that back, and do the punching. And it's so simple, but it's such a good idea. And again, if I hadn't done the story and hadn't kind of explained what I was doing, I would not have gotten that idea, and I wouldn't have gotten that feedback. So, um, so shout out, Dave. That was awesome tip, and it's it's great. I'm gonna I'll send you a picture later, Vincent. It, it I mean, it's not shop furniture is not my thing. Um, I love watching other people make really good shop furniture, but I just don't have the uh, desire to do it. So it's not pretty, but it, it but it's going to be perfect. It's awesome. So 
I despise, and, and not just dislike, not just what I despise making shop furniture. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I despise it. it. But do you, I mean, it, I really enjoy seeing like the creativity and or like the We Built a Things guys. They make the most amazing shop furniture. Like I really do enjoy. Bruce's bench is just ludicrous. Ludicrous. It's just ludicrous. And, right. I mean, all the, and all the unnecessary walnut. All of it is just like beautiful stuff. And I really enjoy seeing what they do because they're so creative. But there's no way in heck I'll ever do that. You know. Like, so the most I've done as far as shop furniture. So the first project in Steve Ramsey's Weekend Woodworker course, the first mm-hmm. first season of it was the basic mobile workbench. And that is my primary workbench in my shop. Um, damn thing is, is a tank, and it's on lockable casters. It's nice. awesome. I love this thing. It's it's a fixture in my shop. I use it every time I'm down there. Something goes on on this yep. bench. Right before I went through my first cycle of chemo, um, a little over a year ago, I started... Um, I was like, I don't know how weak I'm going to be from this, mm-hmm. but I still want to be able to go down to my shop and I'm going to need to move tools around. I made, I spent a weekend down there. I made three movable carts, one for my bandsaw, one for my planer, and one for my oscillating sander. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that weekend was completely wasted. No, that, now, th- yeah. it wasn't. No. This is the greatest thing I ever did was be so... While I was on chemo, I was able to still, as weak as I was, I was able to move tools around and still able to use them. But boy, did I hate that weekend. Yeah. Like, I hated every damn minute of it. Like, I did not want to be down there. I did not want to be making shop furniture. I just wanted nothing to do with any of it. So... A hundred percent. Well, and you know what? Again, thankful, thankfully for that tip, because that was, that, that was the only thing that made me excited about it right it was like because otherwise i would have been doing it, and i needed to do it like i i mean it's i'm gonna be much better off and and i made um a the bandsaw stand uh, this weekend as well so i can actually Ooh. start using my bandsaw but yeah i'm the same way it's i felt like the weekend was a waste i had i wanted to edit my video my next youtube video um and i didn't get anywhere you know didn't do much of that i don't have much to post this week so yeah i felt like the whole weekend was a waste but it wasn't to your point it's yeah i absolutely hate i hate making i watch people make shop furniture and they do it with a passion and an excitement that i just i don't have i don't have it either i mean i i I, kind of get it i mean i understand it because it's fun to make your shop whatever but not for me like i i just want it to be functional i want i want to me shop furniture is the means to an ends yeah Yeah, it's, um, I to me, my shop time is I won't, I don't right. want to say super limited, but it's limited enough where when I'm down there, I don't want to be working on my shop. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's like I I get why people like it. I understand. I, I'm I'm not oblivious to the reasons that people like doing it, right. but it's just not. It is not my thing. <laughs> it is I, absolutely not my thing. Yep. I hate it. All right. You and I are... are, combi- are uh, all right. Let me tell you how much I hate it. I'm going to tell you how much <laughs> I hate it, okay? I wanted a clamp rack. Yeah. I bought one from Rockler. Yeah. Because I didn't want to spend the time figuring out making one. And by the way, I still haven't put it together. I've had it for over a year. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> the same thing with jigs, right? I mean... Oh, I don't have any jigs anymore. I no, have no jigs. It, but it, I'm... I'm at the point where, yes, I could make it, but I'm, I won't. So I need to, I, I might as well buy it. I mean, it took me forever to buy, I mean, to make a sled and sleds are simple. I mean, it's super. So and simple. I even had the, uh, the, uh, the slides that make it really easy. I'm blanking mm-hmm. on the, was that micro jig? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I, I just have no desire to make jigs. So either I won't ha get have it or I'll buy it. And uh, but yeah, but then people like um, Chris of Cowdog, he makes the most amazing jigs, and they and they are they look so useful. And there's probably a lot of things I could do if I made one, but I just it's I, not my I, thing. I've lost. It. Do you know who Colin Kinnett is from Woodwork Web? Mm -mm. Okay, so he's one of he's one of the better woodworking YouTubers. But he got into this. I don't want to call it a rabbit hole because that would be insulting. However, his channel has gone from woodworking projects to. Probably about 75% jigs. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I just don't really want to watch this. <laughs> like, yeah. well, I, well, I, I don't need to watch this. This is not something that interests me anymore. Right. So I'm still subscribed, but I find myself skipping videos now because I just don't want to watch jig videos. Yeah. No, I, and I think the best way to do it is, like, if you make a jig, make it part of the video. You know, mm -hmm. like, I know Alex of Bevelish Creations and, and, and Cowdark, they, you know, they talk about their jigs in the videos. And that's fine because it, it is very creative, but it's not the focus of the of the video. So I agree. I'd rather watch a longer project video right. that includes making the jig. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Than I a guess that's video. my point. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Totally. Right. I'm right yeah. there with you. Right. So since it was just going to be Ethan and I today, um, I put the feelers out to our lovely loyal listeners to see if we could get some uh, some Q and A because we like doing Q and A. We actually, believe it or not, we do like talking to you people. You people. Um, and I got some good stuff. So do you want to uh, you want to dive into the Q&A here? Let's do it. All right. So the first one, very important question from Bear Naked. It would be super helpful if you could give me an accurate answer to the following. Where the hell did I put my multimeter? It's in my toolbox. Sorry, <laughs> I, I borrowed it and didn't tell you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you where mine is. I have two. <laughs> Just, and the reason I have two, both of them work perfectly well. Um, I just can never find one. <laughs> so it's like if I if I have two, I have a fifty fifty chance of finding one of them somewhere around the area I'm working in. So I have two of them now, which you have. To, I feel like you almost yeah having one multimeter is just a waste of your time. Well, you that's need two, and that's why you got another maker knife, right? So that well, no, no, the, <laughs> no, the reason I got in fairness, the reason I got the other maker knives because I'm a lazy bastard. <laughs> and don't having go. yeah, exactly, and going downstairs to get the maker knife means I would never use the maker knife. It actually <laughs> did mean that I never used the maker knife. I used it when I was downstairs because it's in my woodworking apron. But yeah, it's I it's have. funny. I'm still getting used to like using it. Like it's like so. I was putting up a, a wall control panel um, behind the the. Uh, leatherworking stand that I made, and uh, and like to use to open the cardboard box, I like still went for my other my old utility knife, and then I was oh, like, God, you're, yeah. you're an idiot!" Like, what? but it's like I'm, it's still like such a new precious thing. <laughs> it's silly. Well, wait till you hear one of my pick, one of my things of the week are going to seem like blasphemy after I keep talking about how much I love my maker knife <laughs> and how I've engraved my name onto it. And, yes, and yeah, I, I love know. this we, thing so we, much. We, I feel like we've got something going. There's a at least three of us now that have done it, done yep. something. Our logos are on our maker knives. Yeah, I really want Jocko to find my Instagram post about it, but Glowforge did. Glowforge oh, he, liked it. Did you tag uh, Jacko? I did. Yeah, I did. He'll probably find it tomorrow. It's he, probably too uh, early yeah, in Italy. He, he he gave me he sent me a really nice message um, from my story about it. Um, oh. But I've also been driving him nuts with my like stupid uh, <laughs> not Jacksman sized maker. So I think I've 
been hounding him enough that he knows he's he recognizes my name a little bit i guess but <laughs> I, I should have added him as thing of the week this week but he's vlogging now i know I, yeah i'm I, so into I it like it i really I, do i'm not I a do. big vlog person but i actually like his vlogs i used to be a much bigger vlog person but he's combining vlogging and making yeah i'm in yeah i know I'm, I'm actually i'm excited that he's getting back because i i i was introduced to him uh, and to him from the maker knife and it was after he had stopped making videos really so, mm-hmm. so what else we got? Okay, I'm gonna. I'm trying to order these so we can get the quicker ones done because there's a couple. There's two here that are gonna take a long time to answer. Okay. Um, all right, Dave Swiduck, um from Adventures in Creativity and Geek uh, Geek Digital Soup Podcast and uh, former guest and mul- well, the only two timer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'd love to hear you discuss a show like Chopped, but instead of a box of mystery ingredients to cook with, contestants are given a mystery box of materials they then have to make or create something with. Points awarded for creativity and technical skill. Not a question, but still. Dude, hmm. I would, I'd be all over that. <laughs> I think, like, to me, that's what the show Making It should be. Should be, yes. Should be. Like yes. that that's what making it should be, and it would be a much better show. We haven't Sorry, talked everyone about, that loves it, but no, so we haven't talked about this season of making it. and Dave, I'm all over it, man. I don't know what I could say about it, but I'm all over it. I love that idea. Well, and I think that's a really cool challenge idea. I think at some point, Vincent, maybe we need to host a challenge like some of the other podcasts do and, and we'll Ooh. come up with something like that. But hey listeners, would you be interested in yeah, a, let us a know. maker challenge type thing? We could do it. And we it have enough listeners. Yeah, and it could just be fun Instagram thing. It's again, it's to your point earlier, Vincent, it's just to try something new, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, so we didn't really talk about this season of making it because it ended while we were on hiatus. Oh, that's true. Right. Um, just, I don't want to go into it too long because no. we could probably spend the whole, a whole yeah. episode talking about it, but what did you think about this season compared to last season? <sighs> I don't know. I, I don't, maybe a little bit better. I don't know. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm, I, it could be so much better. I guess that's I, what it is. It's not a bad show. And, and if I didn't if I didn't come from it with knowing so many amazing makers that are doing thing, such amazing things that would be so amazing to watch on a show like that, I, I, I think I'd be, I, I'd enjoy it more. Like if I had found it 10 years ago before I had found Instagram or anything like that, I think I would have loved it. But now I'm just, it's, I don't know, I just, I, it could be so much better. We're makers and yet I don't feel like we're the audience. No, we're not. We're not at all. We're not, we're not, right? I feel like, like, and don't take this the wrong way, because I have one too, but I feel like it's like the Midwestern housewife with a cricket is, is, the, mm-hmm. is, the, is the audience. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I have no problem with that. No. I've, always, I've always said that crafting is just as important as making. Crafting is making. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, I just don't, I, I don't, I like it. I enjoy it. I like watching people being creative. Yeah. Um, I just don't feel like this was this is a show for people like us. And and like, I, I guess maybe that's what every, all of us in this space just need to accept. Like because I, we're not the target demo, we're, right? We're not the target demo. We want and we keep wanting it to be, but it's not. That's exactly so. what it is. We keep wanting it to be. Like well, we're it's desperate Jimmy for it to and be. Nick, I mean, it's it's two people that we all really respect and love, and I think that's what it is. If it, if if neither of them were involved we wouldn't be talking about it so it's an enjoyable show if you're not looking for a maker show right it's right. A, it's an enjoyable competition show the people on it are very creative 
It's reasonably entertaining, even when I feel like Nick and Amy are just forcing jokes, like, <laughs> really hard, yep. like, cringy, f- punny, horrible. Mm-hmm. I don't mind any of it. I like the whole thing. But if you're going at it, like, I expected it to be more maker-oriented more maker oriented than it was last season. And well, I, and I think that's it, what our hope was, right? Because Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy and, had hopes and, uh, you And know. it was by about... 15 percent like it wasn't like they didn't revamp it no you know and and here's the here's the thing i that i thought was so this season everyone got an assistant that Mm -hmm. worked with them the entire season and there were enough tools that everyone could work with tools throughout the entire episode whereas last season they were kind of jockeying back and forth to try to get the use of the tools i expected so much with that much more tool use and a bigger sponsorship deal from stanley black and decker you know Mm -hmm. i just expected so much more and i was like this is all right there's nothing wrong with this this just isn't it's like if you okay it's like when your girlfriend tells you hey we're gonna go out for burgers and then you go to a great hot dog place (laughs) it's a good hot dog place right right. but you were going out for burgers (laughs) yeah you know yeah and that's funny for a vegetarian to say like oh yum burger (laughs) no i don't need either one of them anymore but it's it, the truth is, it's it's just not what you're expecting. It's entertaining if you go into it with no preconceived notions about right. what it needs to be. <laughs> well, exactly. I, I, like I said, like if, if I didn't know that there were so many other amazing makers and YouTubers that are doing amazing, like mm-hmm. then I probably would be a huge fan. And and again, to your point, I'm not anti it. I just I just I just wish I, it was something else, and I wish they came out. So they need to come out with Maker Chopped. I feel like I feel like Dave's idea is what i expected making it to be yeah exactly and it just it just isn't yeah um next question um from aunt pruitt another former guest on the podcast and a very good friend of mine host um host on the twit network now because i, I know, dropped his name the other day by the way so <laughs> he, he's 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 rich and famous now yeah. and you know i was i was talking to um actually uh bettina's ex-husband uh who's a big tech guy uh photography guy and everything like that and i was like do you know about twit and he's like oh yeah of course i was like do you know about have you do you know aunt pruitt and he's like oh yeah i was like yeah yeah I, well, i'm kind cool. of I'm friends with him cool. <laughs> no big deal <laughs> so um i i you know i can take a little shot at aunt right now because i know what he's doing right now i know exactly <laughs> what he's doing right now that bastard is watching the national championship yes, game with yep. clemson and lsu god damn <laughs> Making me choose between Clemson and LSU is like being cho- as like choosing between like being murdered by being hit by a bus and being murdered by being hit by a train. Like it's like neither one of those sound particularly appealing. However, I hate LSU. <laughs> Sorry, anyone of you that like so, LSU. Oh my gosh, is this your? Are you rooting for Clemson? I am absolutely rooting for Clemson. Nice. You know what? I'm a Bama fan. Like yeah. I, my, this season's been miserable for me because it's the first time in a really long time where my team is not in for the national championship. But I mean, if it's got to be somebody, let it be Ants people because I, I could deal with it being Clemson. I cannot deal with it being LSU. Like I will slip my wrists. It will just there won't be an episode next week if LSU wins a national championship because I'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> this will be the straw that breaks the camel's back. I survived everything I've been through. Yeah, yeah. But LSU, I can't handle it. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> Cancer, no, no problem. LSU winning. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, Aunt Pruitt, have you created any other sports-related pieces, Vinny? What about you, Ethan? If so, what and how? So I can answer that very quickly. Well, yeah, what Aunt, is he referring to? I saw the question, uh, but... So I made Aunt, um, a while ago, I made Aunt some stuff, um, Clemson-related stuff, because I, I, I don't remember what prompted. I think I just wanted to make him something. Mm-hmm. And um, so I did. I made him. I made him some really nice um, tumblers. Some low. Some low ball. Gla- what do they call them? Yeah. The high ball. High ball. Yeah, not the high ball ones. Not the oh. tall ones. The shorter ones. Whatever they're called. The ones that you be- the way basically the whiskey glasses. The whiskey holders. Yeah, those <laughs> the things that you put your whiskey in before you drink it. Yeah, that. Well, um, if you're cow dog, it's a mason jar. So. Fair enough. <laughs> and if you're. Um, your Nick, you just smoke a piece of oak yeah, and stick right. it on the top. I love watching him do that. It's like, what are you doing? Man? Oh, he's making... Okay, he's having some whiskey. Okay, I don't, got know, it. I don't know if you if we had even really connected when I did... Well, I think we had, but I, I tried that uh, uh, that summer. It was good. And? It was, it was good? good? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I the only sports-related pieces I did were the stuff I made for you, Ant. So I made him the glasses, and then I made him a 3D-printed plaque that was his slogan in Clemson Colors... With the ah. Clemson, with Clemson's font, I found Clemson's font. That's pretty cool. And I made, yeah. So it, it was really, it was one of my cool, the cooler things that I've made. So that's cool. And no, that's the only sports stuff I've made. Um, I made a Mets bottle opener for my brother-in-law too for his wall. But oh, there really, you go. Not a whole lot of sports stuff coming out of the no, uh, same workshop. Here. I'm, I'm trying to think. All right, there's two loose very loosely related sports related things um i made a miniature football carved a miniature football because uh, i had this piece of um i think we were talking about it last week scrap scrap pieces i had this piece of of uh two different toned woods um and, and it just looked like kind of like the you know like a football like so the stripes on the football and mm-hmm. so it was it was uh you know first sunday of the year of the football season and so I just I just carved this little mini football um, just for the heck of it. So I did that, and actually I gave that to uh, Katie of Freeman Furnishings. She she reached out. She's like, "Can I buy it?" And I was like, "I am gonna. I have no use for this thing." <laughs> so I made it into a keychain and, and sent it to her. But Aww. yeah, so I made that, and then I guess the only other uh, sports related thing, even closely related to sports, is is the uh, baseball. So I, I refurbished an old baseball. So I took all the leather Holy off of it crap and uh and made uh, did the whole stitching and everything and that was actually a lot of fun it wasn't perfect you know what it was is anything like that the smallest uh discrepancy from the size builds on itself as you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. so like so i i use the old pieces of leather to trace out new leather and just just being a hair off by the end, like, so the front of it looks good, but by the very end, it just built and built and built, and so it kind of bubbled up at the end. But otherwise, it was really, it worked out really great. So that was a really fun project, actually. I can't believe that in the olden days, they used to stitch baseballs by hand. I know, it's nuts. I would love to make an old-timey leather football. That's on my list to do someday. I forgot who it was, but somebody did a YouTube video Oh, it was how to make everything. He did a he did a video around the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure it was last year. Last might have year? been the year before. Um, how they make footballs. So he made one out of actual pigskin. Yeah. And then he went to the thing at um, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl Village that they mm-hmm. do every, and they actually showed um, Wilson was there making footballs. 
So he made like like a modern day football. So yeah, so he made a modern day football so cool. with actual football, you know, parts. Yeah. But he also made a pigskin football, and since his whole thing is everything start to finish, yeah, he actually hunted his own pig and oh wow like, yeah oh, i gotta yeah, check out that video that's it's awesome a, it's awesome. a great he does a great he does a great channel and it just got to be yeah it just got to be just too much like sometimes yeah. i love his stuff i can only take it in small doses now yeah. Yeah. i just i can't watch documentary length videos anymore right right, right. <laughs> not yeah. my not my mindset anymore uh-huh. but well that's yeah that, i gotta watch that because that is it's, I don't it's know a good one what about it it just makes like i don't want a modern day football i want like the old pigskin leather you know that kind of yeah. look so watching that's... watching how it's made like yeah. you just go wait that's how they do that like i had no idea how they do i know this. oh cool all right cool. that's on my list for tomorrow so um Chris from Cowdog Craftworks. And I actually got it right this time, Chris, so no abuse, please. Um, <laughs> incorporating more traditional hand tools into your normal woodworking workflow, hindrance or advantage? Um, okay, so I'm just going to say this. I don't use hand tools. I don't have time. I'm mm-hmm. just, just bottom line, I don't have time to use hand tools. I really rarely use hand tools in my shop. Um, but when I do jewelry, it's almost exclusively done by hand. Right. Like, I don't have any machines except for the laser to cut, and that's only the first step. Um, That's not counting the design work that goes into something, but I generally only use hand tools um, for making my jewelry. So I guess I don't do it for woodworking, but I only use hand tools for jewelry. I don't know how many machines there really are for jewelry, but everything with jewelry, I think, is a hand tool unless it's, you know. Oh, I'm sure there's some things, though. I'm sure. Maybe on a higher level than I am, but. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't. I'm. I'm not gonna say I don't like hand tools. I just don't use them. So yeah, no, I. Uh, I. I'm similar. I. I 100% respect people that are, that use hand tools. I think it's a really and I, and I. I do. I can understand the appreciate. Like, I understand why people do it. Mm-hmm. Um, other than the people that are just snobs, but the people that are, <laughs> that do it because they like to do it. I, I can understand that connection. It slows it down. It makes it, you know, you're, I don't know. There is something to be said for that. I understand mm-hmm. the appeal to it. Um, I'm, I'm in the same camp though. I, it's just not my thing. Um, and you know, the biggest thing for me too is, is like sharpening as stupid as that sounds. Sharpening is, is like a big roadblock for me. Um, really? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't, and and maybe I just need, you know, what, and maybe I should just buy a really good sharpening system. I was just going to say that because that is a hang up for me, a hundred percent. I I totally know that. Um, But yeah, so I I could see it. um, But actually, and I hadn't thought about this until you said the jewelry thing. I I think that's a little bit of why I like the leather work that I'm doing right now is is it's all hand, even the hand stitching and everything like that. Mm -hmm. I really like that. And so I think that's, I understand. The, the the pro like the enjoyable process of doing something with your hands so I, like i really get a lot of satisfaction now of burnishing leather edges oh totally which i i didn't like at first but now it's like i almost that's like my favorite part because it, it takes some technique and it takes some whatever and um uh, and i don't know it's just really a soothing kind of process so oh, i can understand yeah. flattening a, a board with a hand plane or chiseling out that perfect joinery um and and this watching him do that stuff i understand i'm like oh i want to do it as soon as i watch him do it and then i'm yeah i'm not gonna but i it's funny because you and i so jewelry and leather work are very similar in that they're both kind of an artisanal craft mm-hmm. so it's really funny that you and i kind of feel the same way about hand tools it's like okay so in my 
you know, in my space in mm-hmm. jewelry making, I use a lot of hand tools because that's kind of what's there. But I don't even use like a lot of gadgets. Like I literally string beads by hand. Mm-hmm. I tie knots by hand. Yep. I don't use like a special knot tire. I bought a knot tire and I don't even, I can't even figure out how to use it. It's sitting there. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm using eye pins and head pins and I bought a, I bought three different bending tools so I could get different size loops. But these are like traditional tools. Like they're right. like twenty thirty dollars each, yep. but they're traditional jewelry making tools. I'm not talking about a machine where I put the head pin in and it spits out a bent one. It's like I put it in, I clamp it. I have to, you have to get your technique down because the first few you make are going to suck. Mm-hmm. And all that stuff is stuff that you learn to appreciate with use of hand tools. And maybe one of the reasons that I'm not a big woodworker anymore, I do woodwork. I do like doing woodwork, but I'm not a big woodworker anymore. Um, maybe the reason is that it was just all manufactured by power tools. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that I would, maybe you I'd get that, that passion back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have some of my dad's tools downstairs and it's kind of a shame. Like I have his big ass Stanley plane mm-hmm. and it's beautiful and it needs to be restored and I want to restore it, but I don't even know how to like properly restore it. Right. And then, I mean, I have a sharpening, I bought, <laughs> I was one of those people. I bought one of those sharpening systems. I could sharpen it. Yeah. Like, I know I could. It's just like, do I want to? Right. I don't know. Like, maybe that's something when I have nothing else to do, I'll just go down. Oh, maybe I'll work on that today. Well, and it's funny, too, because so uh, back to the edge burnishing on uh, on leather. So I, I remember it was probably about this time last year. I mean, it was what, right when I first got into leather work and, um, and I was trying to figure it all out. And I got a little uh, uh, thing, a bit, basically, for my Dremel that is like a edge burnisher and and you use that on the edges so in spinning and i swore by that thing i mean i remember telling bruce oh bruce Allrich, here's your at least one shout out of the week um <laughs> but i remember talking to bruce about it and, and being like you got to get one of these these it's it's awesome you you know it works really great and i haven't used it in months and it's because one i've gotten better at the at at the skill so it's so it the results are better but i've also grown an appreciation for doing it by hand and you know it's 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 the same kind of thing that that falls in the same camp as the people that are like you're not a real word worker unless you use oh. hand tools but and people are that adamant about edge burnishing um and you know the, the big the big guys say that, you know there's a time and place for both right and and that's the reality but i do understand the uh, appeal it, 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 it is really nice to like do it by hand i don't know I, I feel like the appeal, I feel like the appeal, there is an appeal. And the appeal is, I can take my time on this. Mm-hmm. And you are forced, if you're using hand tools, to take your time. Right. Slow you down. Right. Yeah. You, you're, it's time to connect with your piece. It's time to connect with what you're working on. It's not bang it out, get it done, look at it done, go on to the next project. You don't, you can't do that with hand tools. Right. And I will say that my father was a trained professional carpenter. Not like me, like a woodworker that, you know, is a basement woodworker. My dad actually went to carpentry school. Right, that was his job, right? Yeah, and right. He, was, he was one of those guys that he would do, like, all of his stuff was done with hand tools because he mm-hmm. didn't have the money for power tools. So he had a wide, array, a wide array of saws and planes and, you know, different jigs. He had an old school, you know, it's funny, but he had an old school miter box. People, I, if I put a miter box and a dovetail saw in front of most people they, that are, like, considered woodworkers now, they wouldn't even know how to use it. Mm-hmm. I promise you if I gave some of these people a miter box, they'd look at, like, what do I do with this? <laughs> they wouldn't even know what saw worked in it. Right. 
Like it's just it's just not what we use anymore. We just take it for granted. In fact, it's funny because when I go to Home Depot and I see the miter boxes there, those bright yellow ones oh, that they I, have, yeah, it always makes me laugh. I'm like, I wonder if they ever sell any of these anymore. Well, they sold one to me, and that thing is. They are fantastic. Yeah. I, I don't have a use for it. No. But they're fantastic. Yeah, they're yeah. absolutely fantastic. So, Well, I think the other thing, too, is there's a certain challenge, I think, that comes with hand tools. I mean, mm-hmm. so again, I, speaking of Chris uh, specifically, uh, he did this like crazy joinery. I, I think it's three by three customs design or something. Oh, that corner, that corner, that corner leg that she did? So, but So he worked on that this uh, last week and this weekend, and it's so cool. Like, I really do... I can understand the, I can appreciate the amount of intricacy and Absolutely. work that goes into it. And I think that's part of it for some people. I'm, I'm probably for Chris is the challenge of get of doing it right. Oh, because yeah, it, it is Absolutely. hard, right? It's, it's super hard to get it that precise to, and get that snug fit and everything like that. So I totally understand that aspect of it. Right. I have a ton of respect for people that can mm-hmm. make jigs that are, look, I, I've made jigs and they did not come out great. And, you know, yeah. I, I could totally, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally down with it. It's just, it's just not, our it's thing. not my world. You right. know, it's right. like, it's right. like classical music. I yeah. like classical music. I can respect the art of it. Right. Is it my world? Absolutely not. Right. It's, it's, I can listen to it in passing. I can recognize some of the more popular songs that have existed over history. Do I seek out classical music? Absolutely not. Will but, I ever? Absolutely not. But I think that, and that, that's what makes, again, this community. So if we were all doing hand-tooled content, it'd be boring as heck, right? Like, it would be boring. Right. So it's, it, that's why it's nice that there's people that are really passionate. Because I, I truly enjoy watching Chris or anyone else do that work. And but but I'm not doing it. So I think it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing right. that we're not all doing the same thing or I, all I, have I, the same passion. I think what oh, I'm going to tell you why I like the fact that we're not all doing the same thing. So the last few weeks, as I mentioned earlier, I've been down this rabbit hole of watching people refurbish Matchbox cars mm-hmm. and Hot Wheels, and that's a rabbit hole that's so niche. You got to send me like, a couple of those because I actually think I'd be. Oh my god! So I think a couple of weeks ago I did Marty's Matchbox Makeovers is one of my picks oh, of the yeah, week. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, is that the um, one to check out? That's that's a really good one. Okay. Uh, there's a couple more. In fact, one of my things of the week this week is another one. Okay. That I've been super into. He has like hundreds of videos, and I just can't stop watching. Like I'll sit there <laughs> at night and I'll just watch video after video after video. In fact, the techniques I'm going to use on these Tonka trucks that I'm going to work on. Mm-hmm. Um. I learned watching him because he has a better method for doing this than anyone that I've seen. So cool. So I'm just going to scale it up and do a Tonka truck with it. But um, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever done a tool restoration? I, that's on my list too of, of wanting to do. I've watched. Um, well, I actually did do a tool. I did, did one you? of my own. I did my brother-in-law. My nephew left his pocket knife out all winter. Oh, yeah. I think you've been. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, and I have in my Instagram, it's the, one of the few highlight stories that I have. Okay. Um, it's start to finish, the knife resto. And I restored that, and I used my sharpening system. I bought the sharpening system to restore that knife. Um, just just to see, because I wanted one anyway, and it was a good excuse. Right, not right. not going to lie. But it worked really, really well. Like that thing, he trimmed hair off his arm with it when I was done <laughs> with it. And I didn't even really know what I was doing, and I still managed to get that much of an edge on this knife that was just beat to hell when i started oh, see yeah i i've been wanting to do that and i'm a big flea market antique store guy and i'm just waiting for that right tool to kind of like 
I have a few. Whatever. I have. I bought a. I bought a, a miniature jeweler's vice. Oh, cool! That um, I bought it like two years ago, and I haven't gotten around to restoring it yet. And that's going to be something that over the summer, because it's going to take so long, and I want to mm-hmm. work on it outside because. I'm going to end up needing to use chemicals to get some of the caked in grease oh, yeah. off it. For sure. But I'm, I already have the, um, what's that? The hammerite paint. I'm going to do it mm-hmm. in hammerite paint. So it's going to look really, really nice. It's, I, I have some stuff in the works. I have a toolbox that I'm working on. In fact, that's the other oh, cool. story. I have an old 1950s, um, worksite toolbox that I'm going to restore. Like Ooh, actually, that, these... that sounds like that, that might be, I might want to do that too. That. A toolbox would be a very cool restoration. A toolbox is a very good one. I yeah. actually got all the rivets off it. I got it pretty much apart. It's oh, in cool. pieces. So it's just one of those things that, you know, it's on the... On the dock. All right, right, I need something to work on. I'm going to yeah. work on that, you know? Yep. Um, but uh, right now, right now, there's a project that I'm almost done with, um, which I'm very excited about. It was the one that was hanging over me for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one for the, what I thought was a Christmas present that the nice gentleman let me off the hook about. So <laughs> it's almost done. The design part. Awesome. Yes, I'm finally. Awesome. That's the last thing in my hopper that's still in my to do list. So nice. Yeah. Um, okay. So I don't even remember what the question was. Oh, oh the question about hand tools. tools. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, I think, think we, we answered, answered that one sufficiently. Um, why don't we? So the last question that we got is going to probably take a little bit longer. So why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break break now? We'll get to the sponsor, and we'll come back. We'll answer that question. We'll go through things of the week, and we'll introduce a new segment that you and I decided we were going to do as of today because it's it's freaking genius, and we're very smart people. (laughs) So we'll be right back. Right back. We'll be right. We'll be right back after the bake. Okay, back to the Q and A. So we have from Sharon at Figments Made. Hi, Sharon. Another former guest. I, it's like former guest night on the uh, except it. for Chris. Well, yes, who will we be a former guest at some point. We've been we, we know he can contain himself. <laughs> yes, he knows. Everyone knows how much I value the clean tag on this podcast. <laughs> Which, well, by the way, I love how that's become a running joke. I know exactly, exactly. Cutting boards, yeah. Cutting boards, coffee tables, and Johnny builds. And Johnny, <laughs> when you mentioned Bruce, I'm like, now we just got to get Johnny Bills in here. <laughs> well, there you point. go. I got him in. I got him in. <laughs> there he is. He's been mentioned. Um, so Sharon asked, what do you do? What do you do? Um, did I? What do you? Yeah, okay. I'm missing the do. Okay. My eyes just like, what? So what do you do when you're stressed or overwhelmed? Um, this is a really good question, actually, yeah. because I was just talking about how this week was really, really bad. Um, the funk. And mm-hmm. that's that's brought on by stress there is a couple there's some stressors in my personal life that i don't really care to talk about um and it all just kind of came to a head this week and i i'm gonna tell you my i'm i'm kind of a i'm kind of a wimp right and my answer to that question is usually i just i i gotta just detach and get away like i need to first i have to figure out what's causing that stress and then I need to just completely, like, clinically detach from it. And if I can make that happen, then I'm fine. Um, I, it's the only effective means I've found is to detach and then reapproach. I, I've tried coping mechanisms. I've tried meditation. I've tried. I have tried everything, and I'm not good like facing stressors head on. I'm just not because I'm a very emotional person and 
I'm like, I joke with, I joke with one of my friends that I'm like the rogue. If you know anything about X-Men, I'm like the rogue of emotions. So like if I'm around a bunch of people who are in a bad mood, I'm instantly in a bad mood because that's what everyone around me is. I'm, Mm. if I'm around a bunch of people that are positive, I'm instantly positive. Well, it's the same thing with stress, right? And when I get stressed out, it's a lot of times it gets irrationally amplified and I just can't handle it. I, not because, you know, not because I'm like a drama queen or anything else. It's just because my personality, you know, I internalize like Kirby from Nintendo and I just suck in all the bad and I just keep sucking it in and sucking it in and sucking it in. And then when I can't take it anymore, I just don't know what to do. I'm really bad at that. And so my most effective way of dealing with it is to just cut it off. Find out what it is, find out what's causing me the stress, and detach from it. Get away from it, and then if it's still there, if it still exists, mm-hmm. go back to it, but reapproach it. Right. And reapproaching it seems to be my best coping me- mechanism. Not dealing with it in the moment. I got to pull back and let it go, and then go back to it. And I really do find that I'm much more able to effectively deal with a really bad stressor if I don't try to tackle it the minute I recognize that it's a stressor. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I think that's a same with like arguments and fights, right? Like the best approach usually is to step away and then come back. And I, you know I mean? Like no, no one in the heat of an argument, no one has ever in the history of time been like, Oh, you're right. I was wrong. You, you make a lot of sense, right? Like in the heat of the moment, you're, fight or flight your fight is in right yeah and same with same with that i think you need to step away sometimes to to be able to really evaluate it and come back with a solution and that's not i don't feel like that's being like a lot of people would say that oh that's cowardly you should face it head on look no i don't there's no bravery there's no bravery in beating yourself up mentally there's just none like that's not brave that's stupid right because well, like, you're not going to solve it. I mean, at least in my opinion, you probably won't solve it. In, no. Or it won't solve it in the most productive way in the moment. There's there's a mentality. There's a mentality about a lot of things where it's like just stick your chin out and take it on the chin. And to an extent, the world is always going to be dishing out yeah. crap. So yeah, you do have to do that. I'm not going to say don't do that ever. But there has to come a point where you go... No, that's that's just not the answer this time. Right. Like that's not the answer this time. Like and for me, I used to be the guy that would just say, screw it, just keep hitting me, hit me, hit me, yeah. hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me. I'm not that guy anymore. Like I I can't I can't take a punch the way I used to. You yeah. know, I, I, I've developed emotionally I've developed a bit of a glass jaw. Mm-hmm. And, and I just that's not a bad thing. I, and I'm sorry. Yeah, it's yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deal with it well in the moment right so i just don't anymore oh yeah i think that's i mean i don't i don't think that's a bad thing no it's it's hard it's hard hard. because when you're used to when you're used to just putting your chest out going okay here i am i am a man right no you know what i'm just not i'm uh, look i've been through enough shit i don't need to deal with other crap like it's just not it's not my thing so yeah, I don't, I would love to say, you know, I know a lot of people that, you know, they read, they meditate, they go for a walk, and that, I'm sure that works for a lot of people. For me, 
it doesn't have to be anything specific. It just has to be take myself out of the situation. However, I have to do it, whatever mm-hmm. that means. If it means get in the truck and drive 20 minutes and then drive 20 minutes back, fine. Then that's what mm-hmm. I'll do. If it means go to Michael's, browse the shelves and try to come up with some kind of creative outlet, then that's what I do. Right. But whatever, whatever is stressing me, I just need to not think about it for a little while. And then, hey, if I go back and the situation is still there, okay, well, now it's time to deal with it. But now you're looking at it with fresh eyes right. and probably a much more calibrated emotional state that's going to be able to handle something like that. Yeah, I, I think that's all of that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, 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 I'm similar. I think, um, I think how, you know, if something's bothering me, the, the biggest thing, well, that, and it's definitely related to what you said is, for me, it's, it's so important to figure out what, what the cause is. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, so my mom, uh, my mother was a social worker and therapist. And so we <laughs> talked about feelings way too much, or not even we talked, we didn't even talk about feelings. We talked, but she taught me how to analyze a situation or understand a situation from everyone's point of view way too much. She told me, she told me way too much about everything in the world. But, um, <laughs> but from that, I mean, that is, I think a good strength of mine is to, to be able to kind of step back and try to understand why I'm feeling the way I am. Um, and not to be all feely and whatever, but, but that's important. It is important when you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed. A lot of times it's not, it's, it's probably not about the actual thing right in front of you that you think you're stressed about. It's usually something else, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I think that is a that's what I really try to do is step back and really understand what is driving that and what's causing that, um, and then and then you're able to address it better. So so yeah, so that's I mean my step one is, is really try to when I'm feeling that kind of panic, I'm, and I'm talking like the extreme, like where you're really getting really upset or really unmotivated or really stressed or whatever, stepping back and trying to understand what's causing that, and then. And then you go from there. I mean, because every situation is different. So, so I think, generally speaking, not maker related or whatever, that would be my answer is try to understand what it is and then try to figure out how the best way to address that is. In terms of making and stuff like that, as we've talked about earlier, right? When you're feeling overwhelmed in terms of, of this stuff, right? If we focus it on making content creation, all this kind of stuff, when you're feeling overwhelmed or burnt out or any of those things... It to me, it's it's either take a break and just and give yourself the you know allow yourself to step away and not post for a week. Nothing's gonna happen if you don't post on Instagram for a week, right? Like allow yourself to do that. But that's but that itself can be a stressor, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the other big thing, and I think you you might have mentioned it, is try something new. Like whenever you're feeling overwhelmed or in a rut or whatever, just do something completely out of the norm. Don't don't even worry about filming it, posting it or whatever. Just do something that you haven't done before. And to me, that always kind of sparks the excitement again and gets me reinvigorated. And, you know, usually it's garbage, whatever I make, but <laughs> but it but it's something new. And it and it and it, it that's exactly what happened um, this past week or I mean, two weeks ago when I got kind of burnt out, as I was talking about, is. I was making the same thing so much and I had so much time pressure and everything like that. And I just wasn't enjoying it. And so the, what, like the weekend after when I made the, when I did the leather wrap for the mallet, I did the keychain cell phone thing. All those things were just things that 
I wanted to do and were different than what I was doing. And all of a sudden, that spark came back. So, I don't know. Does that make sense? I don't know. It's funny how that happens, right? Like, your, your spark for, like, my spark for woodworking is kind of gone. Yeah, it kind of... But then somebody will come up to me and go, hey, I need a cutting board. And I'll be like, yeah, okay, cool. What kind of cutting board do you want? you want maple, walnut? Right, you want right. purple heart? Paduke? What do you want? And who do you want it made out of? Like, And it's like, oh, yeah. that. that sometimes it's just, you know, somebody just saying, hey, could you make that for me? And you go, oh, yeah, I kind of care about that again. Like, right. that's cool. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, it's... It's it's a hard thing, though. I mean, it... We're also... We're also... Look, we are... I mean, I'm probably speaking more for me than you are for you, but as like a business owner, Mm -hmm. you know, the stress of constantly, and this is one of the things I was mentioning um, in that post that got that answer about, you know, define what you're making a little better. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I bump into a lot as as a creative business owner is that I'm always feeling the pressure to come up with something creative. Yeah, right. And to just be creative all the freaking time Mm -hmm. you know it's like and uh, the best advice i got on how to deal with this came from jason actually Mm -hmm. and he told me he said um what you need to do is recognize the fact that you don't always need to be creative and i was and it was like that was like an eye opener i was like well yeah i'm thinking like yeah i do and then he said what you need to do is figure out what your customers want Mm-hmm. And ride that wave. If you're not feeling creative, then ride the wave of what's working until, until it's not can. working anymore. Yeah. And then be creative. Yeah. Or give yourself a little space to develop what's working into something else that's going to work rather than saying, okay, I got to come up with the next thing. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. That's some, that's some solid advice. But that's another way you can, you know, well, de-stress be- is to take the pressure off yourself of, yeah. you know, being, I got to be creative. I got to come up with something, or I'm going to just have nothing. Like, yeah, you're not. You're going to be okay. <laughs> well, no, and, and and you say that from a business stand uh, standpoint, and which I totally agree with. I, I, but I also think it does apply to like what I do in terms of. I mean, I'm always trying to come up with another creative concept or another creative design mm-hmm. or whatever, right? I mean, and it's, even though it's just for content, that's always a challenge. Is like, what's going to be the next thing that people really resonate? And, and that's hard, right? I mean, it's hard to always be, and you know, same with David Chudo putting out a video every week, right? It's, it's hard to always find that next thing. But what I found is that, you know, people, you can do the same thing and people still respond to it. I mean, honestly, every time I put out anything with leather stitching, anytime, those are some of my best posts. And I'm, Mm -hmm. every time I do it, I'm like, God, people like do people really want to see me wrap a, another thing with leather? <laughs> like, and the answer is usually yes. <laughs> it is. I mean, it, I mean, every time. I mean, the mallet, that s- silly mallet po- uh, wrap that I did last week mm-hmm. it was one of my best posts uh, recently. The cell phone thing has been like insanely popular, and that's not even an original idea. And I was very upfront about that. I was like, "This is not my." Idea. So it it you don't need to always. You, like like you said, you you need to give yourself the excuse or the space to be able to just do what you're doing mm-hmm. and not feel like because we're as we said before we're our, we're always our worst enemy when it comes to stuff like that. We think that we've seen everything that we've done both over and over and over again, but ninety percent of the people out there haven't. 
right? Totally. So it's it's new that, to them. So even though it feels stale to us, it's new to them. That's that's freaking that's freaking important. Yeah, that's so damn important. So. Yeah, I think I think we actually uh, answered that even better than I had expected yeah, to answer that. I hope so, so that's a good question, Sharon. That Thank was you good very question. much for that one. So um, we are going to do our thing of the week, but we have an, we had an idea for a new mm-hmm. segment. So well, last, it came out of something else, right? Was that it came out of an issue that we kept having? So. Yeah. So two weeks in a row, Ethan and I were going to pick the same video for our th- respective thing of the week. And it was two weeks in a row, but it's happened before, too. <laughs> it, it has happened before. I'll, I'll put something up, and Ethan will go, damn it, I was going to pick that. Yeah. <laughs> so what we've decided we're going to do is we are going to do a video of the week. And the reason we're going to do that is because he and I watch so many of the same people that we're ending up going, oh, my God, that was awesome. Yeah, I want to use it. No, I'm using it. So we are going to award jointly a video of the week each week, and then we'll do our things. Of the week. I think Just, I love this idea, by the way. I think it's, I think, you know, and hey, why not, right? Right. Why not? It's our show. We can do what the hell we want. With it. <laughs> so this week's video of the week was such an easy choice mm-hmm. that I didn't even really need to go back and think about it. Like it was the easiest choice ever. And I'm, I'm, I think this person actually listens to this podcast. I, I hope so. This, I want to say this person listens to the podcast. If he it, does, let me know if you're listening when we tell it. But Tyler Bell. For those of you who don't know Tyler Bell, Tyler oh Bell, uh, now I don't know how old he is, and I hope I'm not insulting him when I say this, but I, if he's older than 22, I'll be blown no, away. No, I think he's around there. Right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. if that, probably younger. Well, he looks, he absolutely, he lo- he's got a very young face, regardless. But. Super, super talented. Oh my Just, God. He's, I mean, he's he's got to be extremely, he works for an airline, like. Well, so when he was making this, and I got, and I saw his sketch pad. Mm-hmm. So when he put the blue daikon on that one piece of yeah. aluminum, he starts <laughs> yeah. mapping out where he's putting the holes. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, this guy is legit as mm-hmm. hell. Like I've liked Tyler's videos for a really long time, so this isn't like a surprise that I liked this video. But it's just I've liked his stuff for a really long time, and I the reason I like it is there's a certain he's too the stuff he does like Chris Salamone is like just there's yeah. an amount of calculated precision. And I know he'll look, he'll hear that and go, no, dude, no, this yeah. is me just trying crap. No, you're, no, Tyler, we, we see right <laughs> through you, bro. When you're sitting there with blue daikon and a compass marking out where you're going to put holes, that's precision. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Tyler Bell made a knife gun, and it's basically a gun powered by a Bauer drill. Yep. Um, that throws throwing knives. And it was just the coolest damn thing I've ever seen. Like, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's it's just so it's so cool. I mean, again, it's and he even says it. It's like completely pointless. It it shoots knives eight feet, but it's right. amazing. Like it's yeah, like it, the coolest eight foot throwing knife throwing gun ever made because it's mm-hmm. probably the only one ever made, right? And one of the things I love, one of the things I loved about this video was at the end where he was talking about you know why he made it and whatever mm-hmm. and he said that the process yeah yep um challenge do something even if it's ridiculous just to challenge yourself to see if you can and i think that's something that yeah. we don't i mean i know i don't uh, maybe you do but i don't challenge myself enough yeah like Not I'll, to that sometimes level, for i sure. get comfortable and i stay comfortable yeah and, you know, doing something i'll never do what he does right oh, i'm yeah, never no, going to make I, a knife throwing machine that's not my thing no but i do I did feel inspired to yep. push myself a little more after watching that video. For sure. So, 
great video, absolutely fantastic. He the, it, his cinematography is everything is just everything's great. I mean, he's talented, man. I don't know. I don't know how well this will go over. I and I mean this in the the, the well. I don't think anyone listening would think this is not anything but a compliment. But he's like he's like a young, really young Jimmy Durrest to me because he he just he just goes for it and he yeah. makes and he does all these things and the, you watch his videos and everything while you're watching the videos everything makes sense right mm-hmm. like you un, you understand the whole process even though he it's not a how-to video or anything like that you understand what he's doing the whole time and then but you're like but then you think back and you're like there's no way a i could even remember what he did but like i don't even understand what he did but while I'm watching it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's... I, so I think he's very good at videos, but I also think he's just a very talented maker and experimenter. And he j- Yeah. And, uh, like, so, I mean, I didn't meet him. We got connected because of WorkbenchCon because I think we were both going. But I, I didn't officially meet him, like, formally last year, and I'm excited to meet him because I think he's a super talented up-and-comer. He, um, re- he really... Is, yeah. There's just a certain amount of refinement to what he makes he yeah. made my f- the, the the video that got me introduced to him mm-hmm. as a maker was the over-engineered bottle opener oh yeah that thing was amazing. And yeah. i enjoyed that so yep. much yeah and it was i went back and i just went back and watched his whole back catalog after finding that video but it's but like again it's like everything he's doing is fantastic just, well and it's just it's just because he wants to do it there's yep. no, no no freaking reason why you don't need an over-engineered bottle opener you don't need um, I mean, the only thing, and again, one more shout out to one of his videos was the, um, the golf. Ugh, I'm blanking Yes. On it. The one that he helped his cousin, the, the one that, where he helped his cousin. Yeah. Who, pl- uh, swing a golf club. Yeah. Swing a golf club. That thing was amazing. And yeah, I mean, that, I, that got me choked up just watching that video. So that I, was amazing. But I love watching. So also if you're, you know, if you're following him on YouTube, that's great. But he posts on his stories. Yeah. Yeah. He constantly. Does great stories, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um he he's he's just a he's just a great guy. He does mm-hmm. great videos and I'm a little bit annoyed that his videos don't get more views. Well, I mean, so, he's got under 2000 subs and yeah. That's ridiculous. I mean But I will say that with under 2000 subs, he's getting you know almost that amount of views on each yeah, which, video, which, which means lot, his audience right. likes him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's yeah, he gets he gets close to 1000 views, which again, that's very very good, but he, he's only going to be the best kept secret on YouTube for so long. Yeah, but. no, he'll he's going to blow up at some point for sure. We are, I don't tease future guests, but I've already spoken to him. We are going to have him on the podcast. Oh, that's though. awesome! Yeah, yep. he's he's such a great guy too. Yeah, so. I am really looking forward to talking to him. He's just I love talking to young people, well, young people, right? People younger than me <laughs> who are just doing cool crap. Like I. Oh, I wish I was doing what he's doing back then. at his age. Yeah. I really do. Like it's yeah. I'm so in awe of what he's managed to do. So well, we're uh, well, and again, one more like he's clearly doing it because he loves doing it and mm-hmm. just and that's the reason he's doing it. And I, I yep. think that's also really I th- I think that's maybe that's part also partly why he doesn't have a larger sub uh, subscriber count is because he's he's not doing it to play the game and to try to get all the you know you know trying to get all the sponsorships and stuff he's doing it because he loves to do it and that shows through in his projects and i think long term that's actually going to be what gives him the the growth and everything that he should he deserves so absolutely and he does deserve he definitely does deserve way more than he has yeah 
Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just feeling like I'm in on the ground floor on a kid that's going to just be amazing. Yep. As sure. far as like people well, can talk about him on un, parallel. So was that his talent is unparalleled. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's going to be, he's yeah. going to end up being like young Jimmy DeResta. It was a good comparison, <laughs> by the way. I do agree with that. It, yeah. I mean, much... there's something about it, right? I mean, it's not the same style, but it's, it's, there's something there. The mindset is the mindset. The same. And the, right. Exactly. I agree. So do you want to do your picks of the, your things of the week or shall I do my things? You do of yours. The week? You do yours. Okay. So first thing of the week, um, thank you to David Swiduck because holy crap, my friend, did you save me? a lot of work on something I've been trying to figure out for a very long time. He introduced me to something called Adobe Capture. Now, if you are a Creative Cloud subscriber, you need to check out Adobe Capture. You, you put it on your Android phone or your iOS phone, and you can basically capture... I, it literally is for capturing... Okay, so you can point it at a sign and capture the font and come up with a font that's close enough in the Creative Suite. If you point it, but what I used it for, and I've done a couple of these now, you point it, you put a picture into it, and you can take the picture and turn the picture into black and white line art. And I used that to make an engraved agate of a photo. And it's mind-boggling how well this actually works. Yeah, I mean, you you were mentioning this last week. Like, it may, like... You every time you do it, it's gotten better and better. Uh huh. Yeah. And I I am on my I made one for a friend, and I cannot believe how good it came out. I am beyond excited about being able to do this more often now. So I'm going to be keep experimenting with it. But Adobe Capture has taken away a dam of problem <laughs> that was there. Like it just. Oh my God, like, wow, this is so much easier now. Like, look at this. I could do this process in my sleep. So Adobe Capture, item number one. Excellent. Uh, item number two, um, we talk about, uh, we were talking about Matchbox car and Hot Wheels car restoration. Yeah, yeah. So another channel that I've been watching and just sitting there watching video after video after video, is a guy from England called Rob, and <laughs> his channel is called Matchbox Garage. And... It's all he does is restore Matchbox cars. And I'm telling you, you, even if you're not into Matchbox cars, watch his process. He's very, very regimented with his process and how he goes about fixing these cars. And it's fascinating to watch. He's super, super talented, knows his stuff, and I have learned so much watching his videos. Like, what kind that- of, like, what does he fix? Like, What's that? Like, what does he fix? So, okay, so he gets, usually he gets these cars and they're just completely wrecked. Like, the paint is screwed up or they've okay. been overpainted. So, like, most of the cars he does are from the, the early 60s, late 60s, like and the early legit 70s. Ma- matchbox. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. they are like, the paint is off them. There's oxidation. The wheels are ruined. The axles are bent. The doors are missing. And he just brings them back to life. Gotcha. And then a lot of times what he'll do is he'll fill in details that weren't even on the original. Like he'll do the, the taillights are usually just molded and painted onto the body. He'll sit there and detail out the headlights, the taillights, the turn signals, the door handles. Wow. Just, it's just, it's so fun to watch this car go from a lump of crap to a beautiful car. As he says, to bring them from shabby to shiny. <laughs> um, and he's just super talented. He's very—he's got a very dry sense of humor. Of course, he's English, 
Uh, it's just a great, so that makes three of these channels that I've now mentioned. And there's one more that I'm going to probably mention next week. Um, but so it's bare metal HW Marty's matchbox makeovers and matchbox garage. That's the three. In fact, um, the, the Tonka process is going to be based on what I've watched Rob at matchbox garage do. So I highly recommend you watch it just even as a maker, just to see the process and watch them, watch him do the thing. It's fabulous to watch. Last last thing of the week. Last thing of the week. Um, I am a Leatherman guy. I am a Leatherman guy. However, <laughs> my Leatherman, even though I have the Skeletal, it is just too heavy. Um, and it literally pulls my pants down. <laughs> um, so I've, I've gone back to using a Swiss Army knife. Um, so I bought it. I bought, and I had this knife before. In fact, before I became a Leatherman guy, this was my Swiss Army knife of choice, mm-hmm. the Swiss Army Tinker. Um, huh. The Tinker is really cool. It's ninety-one millimeters, so it's a regular sized. Um, it's a regular size Swiss Army knife, and it's a very basic tool set. Very, very basic tool set. It's the same as the one MacGyver used. Instead of a corkscrew, it has a Phillips screwdriver on it. Oh, way better. Perfect. That's right. it. That's all you need. That's right. it's literally everything you need. Tweezers. It's got the blade, the tweezer, the 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 um the toothpick, the Phillips screwdriver, a flat screwdriver, a bottle opener, a can opener, and an awl. I think it's got an awl. Yeah. That's it. It's it's a very basic Swiss Army knife, but I had one and it lasted me. I had it for like I think I probably had it for about 15 years. And all I did was occasionally sharpen it. So I would highly recommend if you're in the market for a Swiss Army knife and you don't want one that's going to be gigantic and take over the world. <laughs> I always like Victorinox as a brand better than like Wenger or any of the others. Um, and this is a really good in-between, between useful tools and, you know, not the preposterously large ones that you can actually buy. <laughs> so the Tinker, and I'll have the link. I'll have a link to buy it on Amazon through our affiliate code in the show notes. Awesome. Your turn, sir. Yeah, I don't have. I only have a one. Well, actually, I had two, but then I completely blanked on what I was gonna say. So, um, <laughs> I don't think I've talked about him before. But my shout out and thing of the week is Ag Does It, uh, Andrew of Ag Does It, um, on Instagram. He is he is possibly one of my favorite uh, Instagram accounts. He's really really uh, he's great. So he makes a lot of cool things. He also makes a lot of good content. His stories are fun. He's very, um, very, I think he's very uh, controlled in terms of what he wants to put out there. He's very careful. He doesn't want, he wants to put out good content and he doesn't want to just put out junk for the sake of putting out junk, which I think is partly why he doesn't have a bigger following, but I also respect that a lot and he deserves a bigger following. Um, So he does a ton of different things. He He has a laser. He does a lot of like cake, uh, cake toppers, um, and that kind of stuff. Um, but he also does, he's just a, he's, uh, he does a lot of, um, like prop work as we were talking about earlier. So his, his latest thing this week was this cookie monster truck. All right. So it's a cookie monster from Sesame street, uh, theme truck for a kid's birthday party. And he made one for his son uh, a couple years ago or a year or so ago. And someone commissioned him to make another one and the thing is just so awesome it's it, it's like it looks like a cookie monster truck i don't know how else to describe it but it, it it's so playful and and fun 
Um, but he also does a lot of, he break dances also, which I wish I could do. Um, and it's really, really entertaining. Um, but yeah, he's just a good guy, really good maker. And, uh, he, he's the one that did the maker's carol, which I was a part of, uh, mm-hmm. which is a Christmas thing that like, it's just really, really fun. So he is a good guy. Great, uh, great account and everyone should follow him. He deserves a much bigger following than he has, but I think he's happy with the following that he has as long as it's authentic, which also I respect. So we will, we will definitely bring a flood of people to his account. We should, we should very important podcast. So yeah, no, he's, (laughs) yeah, right No, He's, he's a good guy and um, yeah, he's coming to WorkbenchCon, So I'm, I'm pumped to meet him, but yeah, he's a good guy. So cool. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. Yeah, I'm absolutely digging it. All right, and that's it. That's all you had this week was one. I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot you, of things. You've created the idea of a three. I know, thing of I know. Well, thing. most of my things I've talked about before. I'm, I'm a big. <laughs> I put my first wall control panel up. That was my thing a week, like a month and a half ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it did. All right, so I'll, I'll give that another shout out because that thing went up. I only did one panel, but that thing went up so easily. It's like it is amazing. It's it's amazing that no one has come up with a better better pegboard until now. Like the pegboards are horrible. I hate pegboards, but this <laughs> thing is amazing. So okay. cool. Yeah. So I'll give it that a shout out as well. So sounds good. All right. So um, I guess that's going to do it for this week. We are we will be back next week. We will most likely have a guest. I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. If not, it'll just be Ethan and I. We'll probably beg for questions again because well, <laughs> we need help when it's just the two of us. Damn it. Nah. Um, <laughs> we, well, I think if anything, last week shows that we can ramble on for a while. So <laughs> <laughs> we started inside a little inside baseball stuff. We started last week going. I have no idea what we're going to talk about today. Right. Yeah, me neither. Oh, it's going to be if we do an hour, we'll be fine. We did an hour and twenty eight minutes. So yeah, it, Th- right. It was nuts. Yeah, this episode's not going to be an hour and twenty eight no, minutes, so no. we're good. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. We love every single one of you. Thank you for sharing the show, um, promoting it. Um, we've actually had at least two different stories this week of people who found other people based on this podcast, and that makes me so happy when I that's see that's awesome. like we are yeah. introducing people to each other in the world now. So that's great. That's what I would hope, right? Yeah, it's it makes it makes us feel like we have purpose. Well, and, and one more one more shout out. If you guys think we should do a challenge or something, let us know. Like, yes, definitely let us I know. Think be if really that's cool something you'd be into. We'll come up with something. We'll come up with something good to challenge all you brilliant people that listen yeah. to this podcast, and especially the folks of you that have YouTube channels, so you could promote our channel, our <laughs> podcast, yes. on your YouTube channel. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, yep, that'll do it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Um, if you have a moment, leave a review, share the show, all that good stuff. I'm not going to bore you with the details. You know where to find us. We're at the links in the show notes, and we will catch you again next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.